Welcome into the Maroon Mike podcast. It's Andrew Miller. I promised you guys we would get a basketball episode out uh, to talk a little about, give a little bit of an update for hoops. Obviously, you already saw the episode put out earlier this week. We did our big baseball preview, had lounge, and I think Daniel is going by Dan now. So we're going to refer to him as Dan going forward if that's what he wants. Uh, So Lounge and Dan did a fantastic job breaking down uh, the upcoming baseball season, previewing everything to come for Mississippi State and the Diamond Dogs. So if you you want baseball talk, go give that episode a listen to get ready for the upcoming season. But we need to talk about basketball because it was a big week uh, for Mississippi State hoops, both in the men's and the women's side of things, Um, which also big news for the SEC in general tonight. Um, with the announcement that Texas and Oklahoma will be joining the league in 2024. I know just a couple days ago there was talk that that was going to be delayed and that uh, those programs were going to have to stay out their contract with the Big 12. Things changed. They are on their way now. We're not going to talk about this in this uh, talk about that in this episode. Uh, we'll hit on that probably next week. Um, Colton had some ideas for uh, how he would like us to go about talking about that. So we'll look into that later. This episode, though, going to be devoted to basketball, and we'll start with women's basketball. You know, it's interesting. A couple weeks ago, when I had a plan to do an episode, and ultimately was not able to because of getting sick, I was going to talk about how, you know, it feels like the vibes around the two programs um, were, you know, moving in very different directions, because women's basketball, I think they had won like three straight games, not against great competition, but they were starting to pick it up. It felt like they were making a move. Um to put themselves, solidify themselves as a tournament team. Meanwhile, men's basketball uh, just couldn't, kept finding ways to lose. You know, it was the eight, losing eight of nine. And then interestingly, over the past couple weeks, it kind of felt like things completely shifted. Women's basketball has two really, really abysmal performances, uh, going up to Oxford and then how they played against Georgia um, to really kind of just put a big damper on things, while men's basketball starts a really impressive streak. They get the win against TCU. They handle their business in Columbia against South Carolina. Um, Obviously, we see the win against Missouri, and it felt like, all right, things are flipped here. Men's basketball looks like they're making a push to get to the tournament. Women's basketball, probably not going to be the year for Sam Purcell's team. But then on Monday night, they get their biggest win of the season. Uh, Double overtime thriller against the Tennessee Volunteers. Um, get their first squad one win of the season and just a a massive, massive momentum builder for this program. Um, Considering the, you know, the way they had been playing in recent weeks to get a win against that Tennessee team did a ton. It was your 16th win of the season, which by the way, was a program record for uh, women's basketball coach in the first year. Sam Purcell was 16 wins now 17 as they've beaten Florida as well. We'll talk about that game in just a second. Um, Again, really strong first season for Purcell, who's had to figure some things out. Um, but they get it done against Tennessee. Uh, again, go to double overtime, which they had to do without Jessica Carter. She fouled out in regulation and had to deal with some pretty, pretty poor officiating, if we're just being blunt. I mean, the fact that Tennessee shot 44 free throws in this game tells you a lot and uh, some of what a certain player who transferred away was able to get away with in this game tells you a lot about how this game is being officiated, but ultimately states over to able to overcome all of that. Jaquela Jordan goes for 24 uh, and, and six to get 16 out of Asian a Johnson, 14 for Anastasia Hayes. And the, the difference in this game was shooting. 
shooting and turnovers. Look, Tennessee had a lot of size on Mississippi State. They really were able to dominate State in the paint when, you know, a 46 to 36 rebounding margin. Um, but where State was able to get it done was shooting overall. They shot nearly 48% from the floor, 40% from behind the arc. Meanwhile, Tennessee only shoots about 39%, 25% from deep, even though t- uh, Tennessee you know, gets all those free throws, right? 37 to 44 for the line, which it's ridiculous that your team gets that many free throw attempts on the road, much less. But it ultimately didn't matter because State shot the lights out of the ball. And the other big thing is that they force a lot of turnovers. Um, 23 turnovers forced for an issue in this game. And State's able to get 21 points off those turnovers. Meanwhile, Tennessee only eight points off turnovers. That was the difference. That was a difference for MSU. They shot the ball well. They were opportunistic on defense. Even though they were, you know, outmanned size-wise, they're able to get it done. And, and that's a huge win to boost some momentum going forward. Uh, again, final score uh, against Tennessee, 91-90, to double overtime. A win that you really had to have. And like I mentioned, this was your first quad one win of the season. State's tournament resume was, you know, kind of odd where – they're sitting at like 37, 38 in the net, but didn't have didn't have a bad loss, but didn't really have a single impressive win on the resume. They get that against Tennessee. And then tonight, as we record, rather than having a letdown performance, which you easily could have done going on the road against a not great team in Florida, but not a terrible team, and they just dominate. Uh, State wins 73 to 56 over the Gators and I mean, it just really was not a close game overall. State shoots the lights out of the ball, um, nearly 47% from the field, 50% from deep, and they're really able to dominate kind of the complete opposite of Tennessee. Well, not complete opposite, but from a rebounding standpoint, the complete opposite, 46-31 to 31 advantage uh, rebounding for Mississippi State. Um, Kayla Jordan falls up with another big performance, 20 points out of her to go along with nine rebounds. 11 for Asian A. Johnson, 12 for Alana Smith. Um, Not a huge night for Jessica Carter, only eight points. She only had eight points against Tennessee as well. But, again, her fouling out played a role in that one. Um, But, yeah, State gets it done, and that's a quad two road win for women's basketball. So they're starting to pick up some quality victories. And I believe the last bracketology, um, I think it was Colton who put it out. Uh, They were like the last team in the field. You know, they're hanging on by the edge. But they're giving themselves a chance to get into the NCAA tournament. And they have a few more opportunities to pick up good wins the rest of the way. Alabama at home and Missouri on the road, those are quad one opportunities. Arkansas at home, that's a quad two opportunity. Now, you do have LSU in Baton Rouge. Let's be honest, that's not realistic at all. If they can find a way to win that one, hey, props to them. But you're not counting on that. But I think if you can get one more probably out of Alabama and Missouri and just handle your business in the other games, you feel pretty good about this team being able to get in. And that would be a fantastic year one for Sam Purcell with kind of the total reset for this program. Um, and look, they got a chance to extend this winning streak out to three. They host AM on Sunday. That's a team that they handled really easily earlier in the season. You expect at home in Starkville to be able to get it done. So it really felt low uh, for about a week there with women's basketball. Again, the, the really rough performances against Ole Miss and Georgia. But since that point, they're playing really well and kind of look more like the team that we saw a couple of weeks ago and it felt like they were building up some momentum and giving themselves an opportunity to make a push for the tournament. Now over to the men's side and to quote John Rothstein, 
I think you're in position to be in position. Four wins in a row now for Mississippi State. Uh, they get it done against an LSU team that they absolutely had to beat, which before that game, we didn't get a chance to talk about the Missouri win. Absolutely massive. Tolu was completely dominant. Defense shuts down a team that's fantastic shooting the ball, uh, which, to be fair, Missouri on the road, and this is something I, I didn't mention in the preview, um, their home road splits in terms of how their offense performs, pretty dr- night and day. So Missouri missing as many shots as they did on the road isn't really shocking. Um but nonetheless, State's defense still gave them plenty of problems. When you hold a team like Missouri to 52 points, uh, you're doing something doing something well. And State's able to dominate and do so in spite of some pretty pretty rough officiating. It felt like there were some moments there in the second half that it really felt like they were trying to, uh, trying to get the Tigers back into it, which I guess that was a theme uh, for the men's and women's teams with their big home games this past week. But you're able to overcome it. And, look, I I talked about going into that game. If you can win this one, all of a sudden it starts to become real talking about this team being able to make a push for the tournament. You wouldn't be in the field. You know, you still have a lot, a lot of work to do. And, look, I I said going into that episode, I kind of thought there was a path where if State wants to feel 100% confident, they might need to win out. I'm probably exaggerating there. And I I think I'm I'm being a little bit more lax on that now. Um especially after diving into some more resumes for other teams as well. But you had to have that one, and you got it done. And just a great win in front of a great crowd at Humphrey Coliseum. And, again, kind of like what we talked about with, with the women, where it would have, been, would have been really easy to have a big letdown performance. After getting a big win like that, you know, there's the question of, uh, would you have a letdown against a team like LSU that you absolutely couldn't afford to lose to? LSU is a bad basketball team. Like in the 130s in the net, a loss to them would have been a killer. It would have been. Uh, let me let me check real quick. Um, what would that have been? A loss at home to LSU, quad three loss. Yeah, something you, you could not have afforded at this point. But state manages to handle their business. Um, ugly first half, which kind of a weird first half, right? State gets off to like the best start to a game they've had all season. It was 10-0 before you could blink. DJ goes out and knocks down a couple big threes, which that was a kind of a sign of things to come in that game. And before you know it, it looks like State's going to run LSU out of the gym. And then the Tigers have like their own 10-0 run to get right back into it. And we have a stretch there where LSU outscores State 18-4 to throughout a good chunk of the first half. And it's like, man, what's going on? Um, but then State's defense really kicks it up in the gear. Offensively, you're able to get – get yourself back into it, and then you close the game on a 9 nothing run uh, to take a 25-22 lead into halftime. And LSU didn't get a basket in, like, the final seven and a half minutes of the first half. I mean, that's what State's defense did to LSU, and well, it's not surprising. LSU offensively is not that good. Um, they're pretty mediocre offensively, and then they're bad defensively, which is why I thought State would have an opportunity, which – I'll give LSU's defense credit. They did a good job throughout much of the first half. Um, it felt like they just weren't giving State many opportunities at all uh, to, to get to the rim. And there was a concern early on because, you know, I know DJ was shooting well, but it's like this team as a whole, and I talked about, I put this on on Twitter, like they're not going to win if they're having to rely on shot making. It's get to the rim, get fouled. You know, make your free throws, which has been an issue for much of the season. Unfortunately, it was an issue again in this game, even though you had been better at it recently. Um, but, you know, 
get get those opportunities at the basket. And it felt like you weren't getting it. Like Tolu was, you know, pretty slow to get going in this game. Um, but you you managed to, you know, ride it out. Your defense, again, was kind of the key that when you play defense like State does, you can kind of overcome having those stretches where you're just not scoring. Um, and you get a big bucket there in the closing seconds from Sean Jones, which shout out to him, only six points in this game, but six points off the bench. Two of them were super crazy, acrobatic circus baskets, including this one before the end of the first half uh, that put State ahead. Um, he, he provided some really, really nice shots there off the bench for an issue in this game that were big. Uh, but, but you you know, you overcome that stretch and you, you give yourself a chance. And then the second half, look, ultimately you cruised. And I thought State got a lot more assertive about saying, okay, we are going to drive to the basket. We are going to get those shots um, at the rim. And they did a better job. And, and that's the off, at that point, you couldn't really be stopped offensively, especially as your defense continued, which I, turnover-wise, you forced 15 turnovers uh, against LSU in this game and able to get 20 points off those turnovers. Um, that was kind of your the big difference. But, I mean, shooting as well. State shoots 52% from the floor in this game. Um, including 65% in the second half. Like, that that was really, really impressive. And, by the way, I, I really haven't talked about it enough. DJ Jeffries, man, I said, you know, the two, you got the two threes early, and that was kind of a sign of things to come in this game. Season-high 18 points for him, five of six from behind the arc, five three-pointers made in a game. That's a career high for him uh, to go along with seven rebounds. He was the guy for MSU in this game. I mentioned Tolu Smith did not have a great night. He did get 10 and seven. 0-5 from the free throw line. That's not a great sign to see, considering that he had been doing a nice job. And, look, he's a guy who's going to get more free throw opportunities than anybody else on this team. But hopefully he gets it sorted out. This was kind of a you, – you can't really say it's an outlier considering how poor he was from the line for so much of the season. But the past couple of weeks, he's done a much better job. Hopefully you get back to what you've seen more out of him recently, which I will give him credit. Four offensive rebounds were, were big for him in this game, especially in the first half. Uh, and we had like three offensive boards pretty early in the game that gave State some second-chance opportunities that they needed uh, when, when the offense really wasn't going early. You know, the 13 points out of Shaquille Moore, he's playing really well for you right now. Deshaun Davis didn't have really, really a good game, um, only two points for him, and he was 0-4 shooting 0-3 from behind the arc. His only points came from the free-throw line. Um, obviously you want some more out of him because you've seen how good this team is when Davis is some, that guy who can knock down some shots for you. Uh, and also Tyler Stevenson, only two points. I know past couple of games, again, that's been a guy who stepped up big for you. Didn't really get anything out of it. Uh, but look, ultimately there's, there's no need to break this down a ton, right? You played fantastic defense. You, you really stepped it up offensively in the second half and you were able to get the win that you had to win. You couldn't lose this one. It's very simple. A a loss to LSU was going to put you in a position uh, where, I mean, frankly, probably season over I mean, from an at-large bid standpoint. I guess technically you could have found a way. Like that, If you had lost to LSU, legitimately you were going to have to win out, I think, if you were going to put together the type of resume to get an at-large bid in, in the regular season. Um, but because you handled that business – you, you haven't yet put yourself in that spot, and now you're giving yourself the chance to continue making a run. And I would say that this game against Arkansas, you could argue, is the biggest opportunity of the season. And here's why I say it, because obviously, yes, you've played teams that are higher in the net. You um, 
you really probably should have won in Tuscaloosa against Alabama, right? And against Tennessee at home, you had a huge opportunity there. Look, Marquette technically is, uh, you know, much higher in that team than Arkansas. Well, not much higher, but they're higher. Um, but when you consider the point in the season that you're at, and you know you've won four in a row, you're building momentum, and you're going on the road against a team that's number twenty-three in the net, seventeen and seven overall. This is a huge statement opportunity, and a, a again to go get a quad one road win, which is not something Mississippi State has. Um, only two road wins so far on the season for an issue. If you can get this win in Arkansas, I think from a resume standpoint, you're right up there with just about anybody out there. And I think it's going to be hard for a lot of bracketologists to keep state out. Um, and look, I have started, you know, the, the consensus on MSU kind of seems to be next four out territory. Uh, I've seen a few respectable guys who have stayed in the, in their first four out. Um, Lenardi obviously is the big popular name. He has stayed still as an under consideration team. I think I've said this on the show before. Look, yes, we everybody retweets Lenardi because it's, he's the one who puts it out and everyone knows and puts it in an easy to, to digest format for everyone. Lenardi's actually not the best when it comes to predicting teams at this point in the year. So I would value some of the other guys who do view state more highly. And I actually, look again, I, tonight as I record, I sat down and I compared state's resume against a lot of other bubble teams. I think, no, I would not have stayed in the tournament right now, but I would have them higher than where some of these other people have them, and that's not being biased. I think their resume is legitimately better than some teams that I see being put up ahead of them, um, including Texas A&M, who's in the conference with State. That one kind of is ridiculous to me. I know they've gotten off to a fantastic start in SEC play, but conference record doesn't matter. Uh, their overall resume is still not good enough. But anyway, back to the point I was originally making. If you go on the road to Fayetteville and you get that win, that is a massive statement win. And and look, Arkansas is is a team that look they have their own kind of interesting resume stand. Like they only have two quad one wins. They have a bad loss to LSU. Uh, their strength of schedule doesn't like blow you away. So you know they're actually being predicted kind of like an eight nine seed right now, despite being twenty three in the net. They're not being predicted up like a. You know, you'd think like five, six seed. No, they're actually closer to the bubble. This would still be a massive win, though, if you can get it. Um, because the Hogs are playing really good basketball right now. We all know how tough of a place you know, Bud Walden is to go into. Look, Arkansas got off to a really rough stretch to start SEC play. They started off the year one and six uh, in, in conference play. Sorry, one and five. But since that point, they have won five of their last six games all of those being SEC wins. The one loss on the road at Baylor, who is 11 in the net, by three points. Like, that's totally respectable loss. Um, but they handled Ole Miss, handled LSU in the rematch, kind of handled Texas A&M, who has been playing really well in SEC play. Hold on for dear life at South Carolina. That was kind of the crazy one, but they get it done. And then they go up to Lexington against Kentucky, who it felt like it kind of turned a corner and – Really take it to the Cats, 88-73 to 73 win there in, in Rupp Arena, which not great for State because you know with all that momentum, the type of atmosphere that you're going to see in the, on the road at Bud Walden. But it, you've got that opportunity now. And because of that, living in Arkansas, up to 23 in the net, 
if you can get this win, again, that is a massive, massive statement win that I don't know if it would move State into the top 40, which as I mentioned on the last episode where we talked basketball, that a, a top 40 net's kind of like that safe spot to be in. Um, I don't know if you'd go that high, but you'd, you're at 47 as it stands right now tonight. You probably move up to 41, 42. And then if you can beat Kentucky at home, then I think you move up a little bit higher and you probably get into the top 40 and all of a sudden you're kind of in a cruise control the rest of the way. But you got to find a way to get it done. Um, and it, look, it's, it's going to be difficult. This, look, this is a very good Arkansas team. I mentioned 23 in the net. They're 19 in Ken Palm. Um, 55th ranked offense, number 12 defensively. You know, we talk a lot about, about State's defense, but they're, they, they get it done on that side of the ball too. Now, 55th ranked offense, that's mostly from an efficiency standpoint because they don't blow you away. 75 points per game is really good. Uh, that's, a, that's a good offense, but they don't sh- like shoot the lights out of the ball. It's just that they're very efficient at getting to, you know, getting to the rim, finishing, and getting to the free throw line. Um, on the season, they're shooting 48% from the floor, which is 30th in the country. But again, that's because they attempt more two-pointers than – they're number 34 in the country in two-point attempts per game, and they you know knock down 55% of those. Again, this is not a great shooting team. They're 324th in three-point shooting percentage. Which, and they only take about 16 threes per game, which is 353rd in the country. They get to the free throw line a lot, though. About 22 free throw attempts per game, that's 33rd in the country. So, again, this is a team that gets it done in the paint. That, that's what they're going to build around is their points in the paint. Get those and one opportunities, get those free throw opportunities, um, which kind of similar to what MSU does. Um, similar to the fact that State's not good from behind the arc either. Uh, not incredible rebounding. State actually is a little bit better of a rebounding team. Look, we do know State defensively overall is better, but this is still a good Arkansas defense. They're holding teams to uh, under 66 points per game. Teams are only shooting uh, 41% against them. They're holding teams to 31% uh, from behind the arc. So, I mean, look, I certainly don't expect State to have a, a great night shooting, uh, putting up on a point. It's like, you, it's interesting. We all saw Arkansas against Chris Jans' squad in New Mexico State last year in the NCAA tournament in the round of 32 and how much of a dogfight that was, I think you're going to get a similar result in this game. Um, on the year, uh, the leading scorer for Arkansas is Ricky Council, averaging over 17 points per game, um, shooting 40%, 46% from the floor. But again, this is a guy who is going to get done you know, getting to the rim. He's not a great three-point shooter, only 28%. He doesn't attempt many three-pointers anyway. Uh, Anthony Black, close to 13 points per game. Again, this is another guy who's going and getting to the rim. That is shooting 45%. Um, but I mentioned, you know, not an incredible rebounding team. The leading rebounder uh, in terms of guys who are still healthy uh, to this point in the season. Let me see, where is it at? Uh, Makai Mitchell at 5.7 rebounds per game. Uh, Trayvon Brazil, he was averaging about six, but he, he's out for the year with an injury. Uh, so th- there's no one guy that, you know, goes up and just gets a ton of rebounds. Anthony Black does get 5.3, so, you know, th- that is something to look at. But there's no one who, you know, knock on wood, there's no one who really scares you as, as a deep shooter. It's, it's going to be a battle in the paint. So, I mean, this a game where Tolu Smith – I think going to have to have a really big performance if, if you're going to want to get it done. Now, 
a lot of speculation around Nick Smith. Uh, number one player in the country, signed with Arkansas, has only played in five games this season, uh, has missed much of the year with injury. Apparently he started practicing again, and there's a thought that they could get him back soon. Does that mean that he makes an appearance against State? Uh, we certainly hope not. That would be the most you know, MSU thing ever that this guy who, you know, in the five games he played, played really well, was averaging close to 13 a game. Uh, would he come back and have a big performance? Hopefully he's held out another week. Uh, it's kind of the, the question for you, but is is one of the storylines to watch. Do they have him back? It's going to be a dogfight. It's going to be a dogfight. I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. But, again, if State can find a way to go and get it done, you're putting yourself in fantastic position. Look, I'll just tell you now. I think if State wins in Fayetteville, I'm going to be very confident that they end up making the NCAA tournament. At that point, I, I would feel as though, okay, they're going to handle their business the rest of the way, and I don't really need to worry about them taking necessarily an ugly loss anywhere. And look, it's the type of win that I won't I won't say gives you a mulligan because that's like, okay, well, they could lose to South Carolina and be okay. That's not true. But maybe maybe like Vanderbilt in the year. The Vols, you saw what they did taking down Tennessee. You know, that moved them into the top 100 of the net. Uh, which Vandy's, Vandy is weird. They beat in Tennessee. They beat Arkansas. They had another impressive win earlier this season. Um like for a team that's 500 on the year, they find a way to show up against better competition. But well, not against Alabama. Bama ran them out of the gym. Uh, but maybe that you look at that game against Vanderbilt, and at that point of the seat, at that point, even if you've lost another game before that, you kind of go into it like if State gets the win, great. But if they lose, it's not the end of the world. But I think you have to win this game if you want to give yourself any kind of lee like leeway like that. This isn't a must win. Um, nor is it a can't lose if you want to get into the technicalities of any of that. Because, look, if you lose it, you still have your opportunities the rest of the way. But I, I think at that point, I would kind of circle that Missouri game as a must win. I, I think you would need to find a way to go on the road to Columbia and get that victory. Um, And I would also just say from a momentum standpoint, like, I mean, I would predict if you win this game against Arkansas, against Arkansas I would say you're beating Kentucky. Because then you're returning home, should be a packed Humphrey Coliseum. And again, we put this out on Twitter, zero excuse for the hump to not be packed. I know it's a weeknight. I, I understand people have jobs, people have to travel. I'm not asking people to have to you know travel, travel super, super far. I totally get it. And also, look, I understand against LSU there was bad weather, a little bit of a different circumstance. Biggest home game of the year. The hump needs to be packed against Tennessee. I don't Even if State loses this game to Arkansas by 50, I, I don't care. Pack the freaking hump, wear white. Um, but at, at that point, I'd feel fantastic about State being able to go and get that win. And, I mean, look, if, it, if they beat Arkansas and then they beat Kentucky, then it's like, okay, yeah, they're definitely getting in this thing. But I, I feel good if they can find a way to get this one. So I say all that to say I don't know if State's going to win it. Um, it's just difficult to go on the road and win at Bud Walden. But, look, to be fair, State's done okay there in recent years. It's not been the house of horrors for MSU that it's been for some other teams. You know, say what you will about Ben Hallen, but the guy kind of had Arkansas's number. So hopefully Christians can kind of carry that over. I think it's going to be an ugly game. I think it's going to be a very low-scoring game. Um, but again, massive, massive opportunity that could mean a ton for MSU going forward. Uh, so hopefully they can keep it up. 
All right, so that's going to do it uh, for me on this episode. We needed to get back to talk some basketball because both those teams deserve a lot of conversation. It's exciting times, exciting times. It's fun to be talking about MSU basketball in this context where kind of ironically, like this is not that different of a spot than they were most years under Ben Halland at this point. Like if you if you want to be realistic, like Halland's teams in February were in tournament contention. They were kind of in the same spot where they were on the bubble as this team is. But, of course, is the difference just the way this team plays, the way they're playing right now, and it feels like they're just getting better and better, building up momentum, where, of course, with Howland's teams, there was always the question of, you know, when's the, when's the other you know shoe going to drop? Um, so, yeah, it, it's fun to be excited about men's basketball. And I think that excitement would just continue even – of course, the excitement would hit peak if they can go and win at Fayetteville. So uh, let's hope for that. Uh, again, if you're looking for baseball, go listen to our baseball preview. Um Hey, shout out to softball. Got the win opening up their season today against FAU. Um, you need to go follow Dan Faulkner for all of your softball updates. If you're listening to the show, you're probably following him anyway, but go follow our guy because he, he's the MSU softball resource. Um, so, yeah, thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, and as always, swing your sword and hail state.